This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to episode number 105 of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Gingrich, and today we have a very special guest. Kelly Ruda is a dear friend. She is a peer, a mentor, and someone that I am constantly learning and developing beside. It is an honor to have her with us today. She is going to be sharing a lot about leadership and mindset, and this is her background. She has built a phenomenal business off of the back of her experience. So let me introduce you to my friend, Kelly Ruda. Kelly Ruda is a formal clinical psychotherapist of two decades who left that profession to raise the bar in the coaching industry with years of formal training, experience, and expertise working with the human psyche. She is a sought-after speaker and CEO development strategist who helps entrepreneurs create safe and foundational psychological shifts that result in exponential business growth without sacrificing their values, their ethics, or their joy. Just listen to that, values, ethics, and joy. Can you see how and why we align so well? Those things are deeply important to me. Kelly believes that women are being called to rise and lead like never before in modern history and entrepreneurs are perfectly positioned to create a massive healing impact on this planet. She seeks to positively impact women worldwide by teaching them to create personal mastery so they are confident, brave, and in command as they work through the messy phases of scaling and growth. This is exactly how Kelly has partnered with me, both in friendship and in her professional guidance, because because the it is true scaling is extremely messy uncomfortable and we reach so many ceilings that want to just push us so far down she is an expert at bringing us out of that Personally, Kelly is a hardcore introvert. You're not going to find that today. She's a Starbucks addict, unapologetic Scorpio, and a lover of all things beach. Yes, my person. (laughs) When she isn't working, Kelly is hanging out with her ride or die besties, has her head in a book, or is with her husband and her two sons, which is often at the baseball field. Can you feel the love and the similarities between Kelly and myself? Friends, I invite you to hang out with us for the next few minutes, and you're going to see a peek into Kelly's genius, but you're also going to see me be, or hear me, be extremely vulnerable with the things that I have faced and allow her to do some mini coaching right here. Without further ado, here's my friend, Miss Kelly Ruda. Alrighty, friends, I know I've just given you this amazing bio, but we're about to humanize this bio and introduce you to a dear friend, someone who is like on purpose, we were in the same place at the same time so that we could genuinely build real relationships, good friendships, professional and personal. And I know those of you guys who are listening have found your tribe too. And it makes business just so much better, easier and you know, business is certainly not easy, but when you've got people in your corner that have 
a bunch of different life experiences and you can still connect with them personally, it really does make the the journey of business so much better. And I'm so thrilled to share with you guys, my dear friend, Kelly Ruda, who is going to drop some serious help for all of us today. Not only help, but also just equipping us with things that are already inside of us. She has helped me immensely along my own journey in entrepreneurship. And I know she's going to do the exact same thing for us today. One of the things that we are all plagued with as operators, and whether you're a director of operations or an aspiring director of operations, you're listening to this podcast because you're a service provider. You have the gift of service. You love partnering with those visionaries because that happens to not be something that we have a massive gift in, but man, they move so quickly. And sometimes when we're working around people who just really double, triple, quadruple the speed that we are moving at, we get into a state of comparison and sometimes, if not all the time or eventually, it will lead to that good old term imposter syndrome. And so we're going to talk and expand on what that looks like. And Kelly herself has a director of operations in her business. She's very familiar with the work that we do. I mean, her background and her expertise is in coaching and leading people through the mental hardships that we come across and you're not you're not alone and you're not special we all have those i navigate those and luckily i've got kelly by my side so i wanted to bring her into the podcast today so that all of you guys could get a little piece of what i have great access to and also she's come prepared to help us with a few actionable tips to get us moving in the right direction to really blow off the cap of what is holding us back because we have so much potential ahead of us. So Kelly, thank you for joining me today. And I'm thrilled to have you here and share you with all the other friends we have. I am so excited to be here. First of all, I could just listen to you talk all day. So I I just feel like people are lucky that they have you in their ear talking all the time. And I feel so grateful that I have you on Voxer. You know, I call it the bat phone. I'm like, I can just pick up the bat phone and touch base with Natalie anytime. So I'm so glad that you're doing this podcast and I'm just really honored to be here and have this conversation today. So thanks for having me. Yes. And this is actually a good way for people to hear kind of what our boxers are about, because what we're going to talk about (laughs) today is very similar to the stuff that I would come to you with. And so we each have our own roles in our friendship. And this is one of the many ways that you support me. So you know that as a director of operations, when people come into my certification and training program, or even if it's after they have been certified, we just run up against obstacles. And one of those obstacles that is probably the most prevalent is I can see where I'm going. I can actually envision myself being successful as a director of operations. Maybe they have taken the route of being a virtual assistant, going into an OBM. So they're up-leveling and they're on a journey of becoming more and really sinking in. I say becoming more, they were made more, but we as humans hold ourselves back. And so one of the things that is troubling to find and to see and to experience ourselves because I've, I've been there many times and I'm not done being there, but we can see and we can almost like tangibly touch and envision ourselves being that next better self, but something is blocking us from getting there. And then we hold ourselves in this container of safety that says, I need to be and do exactly who I already am because mm-hmm. it is so safe. So give us some insight on ways and things that we can do to overcome that. Sure. If it would be okay, maybe I could just frame what's actually going on first. Because 
this is exactly the work I do every day with all the service providers that I work with. And it's things that I've talked with my own director of operations about because that's the company culture that I have built is that we talk openly and transparently about these things because I want to see her be at her best self as well. So what I want people to understand, and this is where most people sort of go down the rabbit hole, is you start questioning, you start having doubt, you start comparing, you start looking at what she's doing over there, what he's doing over there, and how come I'm not doing it, and, and those sorts of things. And inevitably, if you stick with that line of thinking long enough, you arrive at some sort of what the blank is wrong with me. And that is a place where most people end up, and it is a direct threat to your work, to your business, to your joy, to all the things that matter. And so what I want people to understand, number one, and you touched on this already, which I am not surprised, but number one, you are so not alone in this. People have to understand that just because you decided to step into a director of operations role or a CEO role or an entrepreneurship role, you don't get to sidestep the human experience (laughs) just because you decided to do something big and bold. As a matter of fact, doing something big and bold will most likely trigger all of the things inside of you that cause the doubt and the comparison and whatever. And that's because every single human being has an ego. Now, I don't mean that sort of in the pop culture sense of ego and arrogance. And yes, the ego can produce arrogance. But what I'm talking about is a part of your personality structure that exists for a reason. And anybody who's had trauma or been in a dysfunctional situation, especially as a kid, your ego is what got you out of that. So all of this movement online to kill the ego and your ego is your enemy. No, stop it enough. That's just, you know, marketing. Really, what you have to learn to do is understand your ego. And so the most important thing, I think, for your listeners to understand is that in this capacity, in this role, while you're stretching, while you're becoming, while you're unlearning some old things and learning some new things, is your ego wants one thing and one thing only, and that is to maintain the status quo. It doesn't matter if you think the status quo currently sucks. It doesn't matter if it's sabotaging you. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, you not doing your best work. The ego simply says, I know that up until this point, we have survived all the things we've already done. And therefore, we will only continue to do the things we've already done because it's provable. And so the ego, and I'm sort of, I'm giving it a little bit of a personality. It doesn't really work that way, but it's just easier to understand it. The ego operates on the principle of the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And everyone, I I would assume who's listening, knows that what got you to where you are will not get you to where you want to go. That place in in your conscious mind where you see yourself operating at a high level, being of true service, making great money, doing incredible work. So you have to stretch. You have to create a new identity, a new evolution of yourself. And your ego wants nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. That is the stuff of inner wisdom and dreams and whatever you believe, God, the divine, the universe, whatever you believe. But the ego is not interested in any of that. And so it has a lot of really outstanding tactics (laughs) for throwing things in your way to get you to not 
stretch in any way. And imposter syndrome is one of those things. Yeah. And we've all been held back by this exact same thought. You know, the thought when you, when you said something that you said reminded me of like, it's the opposite of the grass is always greener kind of thing. And we've told ourselves this for a lifetime, Kelly. Like I remember, you know, my parents saying this, teachers saying this, oh, watch out. You think the grass is always greener. And I think we're just innately, I don't think it's innate. I think we're just patterns have told us to stay where we are, be very cautious, remain super safe. And, you know, that's just one small example of of a line that every single person who's listening right now has heard and has possibly even said and carried on to their friends, Mm -hmm. their children, themselves, their spouse, whoever. And it's just that pattern. How, I guess for you as the clinician, former clinician, what are the Mm -hmm. ways of just kind of busting through that? I know that I do know that helping and and guiding ourselves through that ego, like what is the work that we need to do to actually overcome that Mm -hmm. safe spot? That's a great question. And I also want to add for those of your listeners who are female, there's a lot of research that shows that we from a very young age begin receiving risk averse messaging that when put on rinse and repeat becomes just an unconscious belief, you know, don't do that on the monkey bars because what if you fall, you'll bleed, you'll get a scar, you'll rip your dress. And when boys do that, it's like, no, you're bleeding. That's awesome. It's a scar. It's a battle scar. Get up, do it again. Who cares if you break your arm? So we get this stuff from, you know, knee high and it gets solidified in our unconscious mind. And that is really the core of the problem. So the work that I do with women and the work that I encourage other business owners to do in conjunction with their strategic, tactical business building work is the deeper inner work. So it's the work on your conscious mind, your unconscious mind, the relationship you have with your emotions and how you navigate them, and then how you create habits of behavior in your business and in your life that actually serve the deeper desires you have rather than just perpetuating the same old, same old all the time. And by the way, don't beat yourself up if that's what you've been doing. You're wired to do it that way. Your brain is wired for you to do it that way. Your psyche is constructed for you to do it that way. And that's why so many people and entrepreneurs avoid doing this inner work. It's really uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for your brain because it has to create new neural networks and pathways. It's uncomfortable for your emotions because it triggers anxiety or fear or worry or doubt. And it's uncomfortable to change behavior because then you start to be concerned about, well, all the what ifs. What if? What if it doesn't work out? What if I embarrass myself? What if I make a mistake? God forbid. What if a client gets mad at me? All the what ifs, right? So I want people to understand just take a deep breath. This is part of the human experience. And what will set you apart from other people in your industry is not the strategy or tactic you're using in your business. It's the person you are being when you either come up with that strategy and tactic and and delegate it, or if you are the implementer of it. It's about the person, not the strategy. But in business building, it's really quite easy and comfortable to 
avoid doing the uncomfortable work and just focus on the tasks and the systems and you know all the things that we have to be doing in business and not working on who you're being or becoming in your business. Wow. I just had a thought. Actually, I wrote down a couple of things that I, I want to touch on. So one of the things that I have said, and I'll self-admit all of this is for many years, I would, and, and I still actually battle this, frankly, but I will just tell myself, like, you just keep moving. You just keep moving. Mm-hmm. And I have suppressed at many times, especially when obstacles have come up or challenges come forward. And that has it has definitely protected me, mm-hmm. right? So it has protected me, but at the same time made me extremely vulnerable. And I couldn't see that because I saw it as a big win. And you know what, Kelly? The world would champion me. They would come beside yes. me and say, guess what? You're a leader. You do the right thing. And what I have learned in this whole entrepreneurial experience that I have been on the last six years is that rote behavior, even though it looked like I was taking risk and just charging forward and man, I was like superwoman. I could do all of that. I mean, I think a lot of people who are listening today, people have referred to them as superwoman or the do it all, the be it all, the, you know, the GSD kind of person. That's the person that we are, that we're talking to today, including myself. But I feel like I tricked my brain into that exact same thought. Like I would call myself superwoman sometimes too, to myself. Of course, I would never do it out, you know, in public, but (laughs) to myself, I would do that. But really what was happening was just this, like, I I was ignoring anything emotional, Mm -hmm. anything that was specifically looking at my emotions and just going forward with action. And here at the Ops Authority, one of our greatest values is action, you know, we want you to take action all the time. Mm -hmm. But I do think, and what I have learned in this journey is that action will get you so far, but there is something that I'm not going to call it a breakdown. And though I feel like I've had many of them, (laughs) but taking action will take you a really long way, but don't forget that there is this emotional side of you that has to be realized, supported. And, you know, that can look like a whole lot of different things, but I just wanted to say that I know that I've got listeners that are here that are, that haven't done the inner work either and have probably dismissed it like I did for many, many years, even though I grew up in a culture of therapy. I I mean, we've, trust me, we've got lots of therapy and all of that, but when it came to achieving, Mm -hmm. not necessarily family or heartache or grief or anything like that, which is where therapy was kind of introduced to me in my journey, Mm -hmm. but in this business journey, you experience all those things I just talked about, right? Being yes. let down, having failure or experiencing failure. I mean, there are so many different emotions that mm-hmm. come up. And so let's talk about getting the emotional and mental support mm-hmm. for our business brains, right? And I don't believe mm-hmm. that, I don't know, maybe you know differently that we can dissect and have like a personal brain and a professional brain. At the end of the day, how do we protect and grow and, and really speak to those people who And I still fight this, Kelly. Like I still tell myself like, oh no, I can. Oh, you wait, I will, you know? And when I'm doing that, I know that I'm not honoring my true Natalie sensitive emotional self. Okay, so you're so brilliant. You are so absolutely brilliant. Okay, so a couple of things. Number one, let's start with the simplest thing, which is the slightest change in language that makes the most profound difference I have ever seen. And that is we stop saying or, and we start saying and. So we stop saying, I'm either working on my business or on myself. And we start saying, I work on my business and on myself. It is not optional. Is not optional. 
and we start saying my well-being and the well-being of my business, my well-being and the well-being of my team or my teammates. You know what I mean? Instead of or, because we love to compartmentalize. And that's part of what we've had to get. Look, the world moves at lightning speed. So we've had to get really, really good. And we have 5,000 things, as especially as women, going on at all times. So there is a place for compartmentalizing, but business is not a good place to really do that. The other thing I want to say is this. We've all, especially again, especially women, we have been fed cultural messages over and over and over that solidify the experience you just described that you struggle with sometimes. So you will get serious positive feedback for being type A, go-getter, burn the midnight oil, working seven days a week. You will get a huge pat on the back for that. You will get a huge pat on the back for being in constant action instead of consistent and intentional action. That's a big one. Look at how hard she works. Oh, that Natalie, she's no wonder she has so much success. She just works all the time. And then what are we left with? Either you're a superwoman or you're a failure. I just read an article this week written by a very woke man who's talking about like how much more super can women get? (laughs) He said, how can we keep putting this on women and, and encouraging women to put it on themselves and then wonder why they get depressed, wonder why they drink too much or stop eating or overeat or divorce us or, (laughs) you know, all of the things. And so I think this idea of superwoman has been culturally approved. We get the nod for it, but women are wise enough to know deep down, this is not good for us. This is not good for us. And so I'm a proponent of know when to slow down and know when to be in intentional, consistent, focused action, and know how to dance between the two states with grace in each. Without feeling like a failure when you have to retreat a little bit and pull back. Well, and can we reword that and stop saying, I have to, I need to, Mm -hmm. and start saying, I choose to, I get to, I require. Yes. And these that are the- when you start saying as a woman, as a business owner, as a director of ops, as a CEO, whatever, however you identify you, and you start saying, oh, no, 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 I require that mm-hmm. to operate at my highest level, then everything changes. I think one of the reasons why people in general resist support in this area in business is because they come at it from Oh, I need to. And what have women been told forever? Stop being so needy. Stop being so needy. Instead of saying a high-functioning business requires a high-functioning business owner, business team members, business systems. So I require support so that I don't have to self-source everything, leaving me completely depleted every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, (laughs) whatever it is. This is so good. So for those of you directors of operations and service providers that are listening, which is everybody, I will tell you, as she was talking about this, the thing that comes into my mind is scope creep. So Mm. we are naturally service-based. We want to impress. We want to be accepted. We want to be valued. We want to be needed. And those are very feminine traits that we see. Mm. 
And when she shifted this for me and she says, I require, I think about that in a situation where scope creep has gotten out of hand with your clients or scope creep has, you know, just it's, it's your entire livelihood, right? You feel like, how do I find my, and you feel like a failure. You feel beat up because you are constantly in a state of what you feel and you describe, maybe not the world, but what you see as under-delivering and over-promising. And that feels like defeat for us. And so when Kelly shifted this and said, I require X, Y, Z, man, I think that that is an incredibly powerful takeaway from our conversation today. Instead of feeling like, oh, I'm so nervous to go to the client to tell the client I have let them down or I foresee that this thing is about to go this direction and that's not expected in this plan. And you feel that pressure and you feel like I could stay up and burn the midnight out oil or I could bring on a secret subcontractor. Like I've done it and I've seen it all. And I did all of those things so that I would be accepted for someone I really wasn't right. It was, Mm -hmm. it was not out of a place of, I didn't want to deliver. Of course I wanted to deliver, but I protected myself by pulling on additional resources when I really didn't need to. What would have helped me the most is look at what Natalie needs. For me to do this, Natalie requires X. And sometimes, ladies, that's going to mean that you're going to have to have a difficult conversation. But what I'm taking away is when you root it in, this is what Natalie requires, and you come to that conversation, albeit potentially difficult and potentially, you know, maybe there's some fear walking into that. When you root this in what you need, the conversation, regardless of how it turns out, regardless mm-hmm. if it's if it's perceived as, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. When you walk into it equipped and you know how you're protecting yourself because you're the only one that's going to protect you, friends. When you do that, the conversation can go any way mm-hmm. because you know what you require. So thank you so much for that, Kelly. That's That was all over my brain whenever you were <laughs> sharing <laughs> that. I know scope creep is such a huge thing. And it is. And it really comes from, in our space, it comes from the place of really wanting to be accepted, to want to over-deliver, to want to be needed and valued. And when that doesn't go that way, we either shut down completely Mm -hmm. or we pull in some crazy resources. And sometimes that's not just people. That can be time. It could be time away from your family to make these heroic actions happen when in fact, most of the time, they're not even in alignment with who it is your best self is. And that's the word right there, alignment. And I think too many people think that word is wooey, <laughs> you know, but it, it is really an accurate word. And this is a conversation I have with all of my team members all the time, because the truth is every woman on my team wants to do her best at all times, not just because of what it brings to the company, but because she's then proud of herself. She feels fulfilled by the work. She feels like she's kind of left it all on the court, so to speak. And that feels amazing. And it's also easy to get super carried away with. So it's one word to the, either the women who are new to this, or especially to the women who are young who don't have a lot of practice setting boundaries, who feel really uncomfortable holding boundaries when a business owner is maybe asking entirely too much of you. This is one thing that I'm going to beg of you to get dialed in now. And I talk with my DO who happens to be on the younger side about this all the time, whether you're working with me or somebody else. You will never be able to do 
your absolute best work if you are not completely filling your own cup. And when you position your work as a win for everyone, when you're doing your best work, my company is getting a huge benefit from that. I'm getting a huge benefit. Our clients are getting a huge benefit, right? It's a win for everyone. Then you can feel very confident presenting that to the person you're working with and saying, this is what I require in order to give you my best. Because again, going back to the and or, or, it's not, I give my best or I take care of myself, but I can't do both. It's, I do everything I need to do to have the boundaries, right? To mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually be well, because then I pour from an overflowing cup into my work and that benefits everybody. I think back to my highest performing times in entrepreneurship. And I will tell you, it's when I was taking time for myself to exercise, get good sleep, spending good quality time with my kids. We're in a season right now of a lot of baseball and a lot of baseball travel. And I know you understand that life very well. Yes, I do. (laughs) And just this week or last week, I was away for two days, literally 100% unplugged. And I had this like little mental gremlin that was like a hyper-emotional gremlin. I would be super proud of myself in one second saying, I'm so grateful of the business that I have built, the team that is committed and excited about what we're doing to be able to fill in and work with our clients from all, all different angles. They're able to really sail this ship while I do what I want to do, which is to be able to be with my son and be a fanatic cheerleader. Oh my goodness, you guys, y'all have no idea what, I mean, I next level right here, but... <laughs> At the same time, there would be little moments where that little gremlin would pop up and would tell you, Natalie, if you're not there, what's going to happen? And I know, I know in my greatest, smartest, best self that that's a silly thought, but I have to be honest and say that it still came up many times. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's like, do you squash it? Do you let ego come in and partner with you? Do you tap in? I guess do a little coaching on at that same moment. Yep. So couple of things. Number one, understand that those doubts, when you have created space for yourself, some freedom for yourself, whether it's financial time, doesn't really matter what kind, this will pop up. And the reason it pops up, I'm 26 years into this and I've not met a single person that did not have some unconscious version of, I am not blank enough to have this time off, make this much money, have this space in my calendar, be this relaxed, all of those things. It's, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. And we all pick that message up somewhere along the road, whether it's directly from your family, from school, from your house of worship, from marketing, it's all over marketing, from your community, from the kids on the playground. I mean, we've all gotten that message repeatedly over time, which is one of the ways the unconscious mind builds beliefs is with repetition over time that's emotionally charged. So that's what's creeping up for you. So what I tell people all the time when it creeps up, sort of your spot treatment for it, right, is when you start hearing those really highly self-critical messages or the messages that trigger worry, fear, guilt, like the super uncomfortable emotions, what we typically tend to do is get into the ring and go nine rounds with them 
I'm going to argue with it. I'm going to, you know, try to do a legal battle (laughs) with it. I'm going to just have it out, rationalize it, intellectualize all of it. Or we do the full on, I'm going to go hide under a rock and act like this isn't happening. Neither of which is terribly helpful. So what I encourage and teach clients to develop is a habit of pause and observe, pause and observe, pause and observe. Because when you observe with curiosity, you cannot occupy the same space as judgment. Curiosity and judgment do not share space. Most of the time we're spending in judgment of ourselves or of others, our clients, our teammates, the people we work with, our coaches, our consultants, whatever. And, you know, especially ourselves. But when you just pause for a moment and you are the observer of that thought and whatever feeling it triggers, and you just simply ask, huh, I wonder what that's all about. It gives you just enough space, psychologically speaking, to not personalize and internalize what's going on. It's just enough space for you to stop making it about what's wrong with you and simply go, yeah, that's just a thing that happens. And you move on. But you can't do that when you're actively in the boxing ring judging yourself or doing everything you can to suppress your thoughts, your feelings, and and numb it out or whatever. Avoid it. So observe with curiosity and then move forward. I love the word curiosity. It's another one of our values here. And if you ever work with somebody who is like, you know what, I, I don't want questions, like never bring me your questions. They don't value curiosity. Mm-hmm. And if that's a value for you, that's a hard no for that client relationship because I cannot feel like I could never ask questions. So anyway, I love curiosity and I love questioning myself, right? I need to love, actually, let me rephrase that. I need to love questioning myself. Mm -hmm. I need to be in that space of when I'm having that little gremlin pop up that says, oh, you need to do this or else, or those things that I just described to you that I reverse that. I take that Mm -hmm. curiosity that I value from other people Mm -hmm. and practice it right here, which (laughs) genius, right? (laughs) Well, and you know, I say to my clients all the time, I don't teach rocket science, right? What I teach comes from science, but... I teach simple, really effective things, but because we've all been taught, keep the emotion out of business. You shouldn't be Mm -hmm. feeling anything in business. This is business. We've learned to avoid dealing with these things and because it's uncomfortable, right? People, I think, assume that the way to transform yourself has to be this 76,000 step grueling, awful thing. (laughs) And really all it needs to be is best practices put on repeat with support, Yep, which is basically what you do in operations anyway. (laughs) It's best practices put on repeat with support. I do the same thing, but I think we think because, oh gosh, that fear feels so big, that doubt, that worry, it feels so big Mm -hmm. that getting past it is going to be so hard. And for a few minutes, it will be, and then it won't be. But your ego doesn't want you to believe that. It does not want you to believe that it could be simple and that there could be long lasting change. So what do you do? You stay either in the, I'm going to avoid it or I'm going to fight it. Neither of which are going to help you reach your 
dreams. Yes. Kelly, I think that I know your background is in, you know, as a psychotherapist is Mm -hmm. from that clinical piece, you do bring that science piece, but I want to share with the audience. We've talked a lot about, you know, how this stuff shows up in the life of a DOO, but I want to share just your experience in coaching with people and, and leading us, all of us who are listening today, need a Kelly, I believe. And so Tell us kind of what your experience is having left the traditional space of psychotherapy and has moved into what I call really leadership coaching and support. So Mm -hmm. give us a download of how you show up and support us. Let me just say, because this is really important. Every podcast I go on, I talk about this because it's aligned with my values. It's really important for your listeners to know that I come to the table, a very flawed person with a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma. I have had PTSD my entire life because I was abused, sexually abused at the age of three. And I am very transparent about this because I know so many women, especially, are trying to step up and do these big, bold things. And there are things in your history that trigger fear and shame and feeling unsafe. And so I tell you this not because I want you to go, oh, I tell you this because I want you to see what's possible. Mm -hmm. I want you to see that things that have happened to you or things that you continue to manage. I mean, PTSD will never go away from me. I will have it forever. So it's a daily management thing. I want you to see that, again, it's not an either or, it's an and. Mm -hmm. So it's important. That's why I say these things. So I not only bring a life full of depression, anxiety, and eating disorder. I mean, you name it. I'm like half the DSM. It's almost ridiculous <laughs> at this point. But you know, that's what prompted me to get properly educated and trained because I don't believe in, I got through something myself. Now I can go do it. Mm-hmm. The coaching industry is fraught with that. It is dangerous. It's unethical. It's, it is hugely problematic. So I got a degree in psychology. Then I got a degree in clinical social work and I did post-grad work. And I mean, 20 years of training, supervision, ongoing education, expertise, you at thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. And for me, I left that industry for several reasons. Number one, social work encourages you to live on ramen noodles and give away the shirt on your back, which I am all about helping people, but they encourage that you do it to your own detriment, which I think is really unhealthy. And while my practice was built out with a waiting list always because of insurance, even though I had cash pay clients as well, you know, I might charge $150 an hour, but I was getting paid $60 an hour. And it was just ridiculous. And I was starting, even though I loved my work and my clients got great results and I felt honored to be able to serve people that way, there was something in me that kept saying there's something else for you. There's something bigger for you. You are meant to serve more people in a different way. And it wouldn't leave me alone. That voice would not leave me alone. And it scared the bejesus out of me. I'm going to just be straight up honest because, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, this is my career path. This is just what I'm going to do forever. And then I'll retire and, you know, I'll figure out the rest of it then. Well, yeah, that didn't work out. So I left that industry and came into this one and was absolutely horrified, horrified at the lack of standards and best practices in the coaching industry. And then I got introduced to the influencer industry 
And that's when the nausea really bubbled up because I really have ethical arguments about that. So for me, I serve people by bringing science, best practices, training, lots of training, lots of education. So this combination of a knowledge base, but with a demonstrable skill set, because you can go learn all you want to learn. That doesn't mean you're good at what you do into the quote unquote coaching industry. And I help people work with their mental game, the emotional game, decision-making, creating habits, and overcoming blocks that are specific to women because women get different cultural messages than men. Men have their stuff too. Believe me, I married one and I birthed two of them. I get it. But we women have very specific things that are thrown at us all the time. And so I consider myself a development strategist. Really, I teach you how to work with your mind and your emotions and your behavior in a science-based strategic way. We don't vision board. We don't walk around just saying, you know, happy thoughts, affirmations, think rich, be rich. We don't do any of the shenanigans. It's nonsense. I have no patience for it. And by the way, I do a vision board every year, but that's just not going to take you where you want to go. It's a great exercise, but that that's not it. And I do it with a distinct degree of expertise that most coaches do not bring to the industry. So that's how I do it. And I do it with a huge dose of love and respect and also an absolute intolerance for nonsense <laughs> yes. and in a super laser focused way. So you get the fastest results, but the most transformative results. And they're not based on what I want. They're based on what you want. Yes. I wanted our audience to know that. I know all of these things about you and I admire them. Sometimes I feel like, man, I'm so close and I just need a little dose of Kelly. <laughs> and the beautiful thing about you, which obviously it's why I have you here today, is there is that empathy, that guidance, that leadership of your own self. Like you are doing this work yourself. It is not like, you know, that's what I believe is so fresh, can be frustrating in the coaching space because, you know, there's, it's completely the wild west, right? It and, is. and for many reasons, I'm very grateful that we are in this day in space. I think that our kids and our kids' kids will look back and be like, whoa, that was so emerging at this time. And at the same time, it will probably have a lot more rigor than the way it looks today. So when we have professionals like you and myself to put some of this there who have done the work it really does exponentially improve the results that people get. So I thank you for the work that you do. And I would encourage everyone who's listening today to follow you. Can you let them know where they can get some good Kelly Ruda? Sure. It's so easy to find me. So you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn, or you can just very simply connect with me on my website, which is kellyruda with a t.com. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us. Ladies, I encourage you to go follow her. She's got wherever, whichever means works for you, but she does some really helpful workshops a couple times a year that have been, I've been a participant in. And as soon as I kind of got exposed to Kelly, I entered one of those and oh my goodness, just the work and the takeaways from that was extremely helpful. And I know that every single person should be going in that exact same direction, especially if you're straddling the line 
line of both CEO of your own business and DOO in someone else's business. I think that that is a very special being. Obviously, I get you. I understand you. But the world, your clients are not going to understand someone who is straddling both that owning your own business and serving in another person's business. And the amount of, of mental support that you need, emotional support, is just really, really big. Kelly, thank you so much for coming in. I wanted you to come in today so that we could really expand on how mindset leads to better, deeper, stronger leadership. Those two things are just, they're not, you you can't separate them. You can't have a powerful mindset and be a weak leader or the other way around. And so it's important for me as I'm modeling this and doing the work and and getting the support that I need that I share it with these gals who, who trust me too. So thank you so much for being here, my sweet friend. And we will talk very soon. Thanks for being here. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.